First and foremost, my prayers and wishes to everyone, wherever you may be, all over the world. I know people are listening to this literally from every part of the earth, that anyone who's suffering from the coronavirus should have a speedy and immediate recovery, complete recovery. And all the rest of us should be protected, uh, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. This program is uh, titled, Do You Feel Secure? What can we rely on and what can, what can we rely on and what defines true safety? It's sponsored and dedicated in honor of Mechol Akiva Ben Yisrael, and also a Rafur Shalema, complete and speedy recovery to Eliezer Ben Shana Miriam. This question, do you feel secure, sounds so awkward in a way, because a few weeks ago, if I had asked that question, most people would say, pretty much so. Obviously, there's always issues we all have regarding our security, regarding feeling safe in a hostile world. Everybody had their personal issues. But today, just weeks later, now, everyone's asking that question. Do you feel secure? Do you feel safe? First of all, on a health level, we have no idea the impact, the effects, the potential effects of this virus. Some of us have had the symptoms. Maybe many of them have gone the symptoms, but will it last? How long will it last? Some people, even though they have symptoms two, three weeks, still don't have taste or smell, just as an example. And of course, there are people who are suffering a lot worse than that. And how long will that last? What will be the long-term impact on our jobs, on the economy, on our plans, on our travels, on our schools? Summer camps, summer plans, not even to mention the regular things which have all paused and, and for good reason, whether it's the performing arts, sports, gatherings of all sorts. And the list goes on. So it's a very profound and very relevant question now. What can I rely on? What defines true safety? What defines true security? So let's begin on a very basic level. We all know that no matter how successful of a person you are, no matter how much money you have, if your health is not in good shape, God forbid, that, is, that creates a certain fragile element. Now, all of us are fragile human beings, as now has become quite evident, even though it's always been the case, but now we are quite aware of it. So you can have everything going for you. You can be a very stable person, good, good personality and disposition, but health is health. And now our health can be in question. But does that mean that we become insecure? Does that mean we're unsafe? Look, now we're trying to take measures, and hopefully all of us are taking measures of quarantining, making sure not to be in contact with others, both for their protection, for our own protection. So there are things that can be done now, at the same time, even when a person is in a situation they may not be well, again, God forbid, that does not mean that your security has necessarily been taken away from you. Because, as we're going to discuss, security is a lot deeper than just 
the immediate, that, that, what appears to the eye. So let's talk about that. As I said a few weeks ago, just a few short weeks ago, a few months ago for sure, security, most people define security as being financial security, having a home, a shelter, having a family, having a few other items that makes you feel that you can navigate in this world pretty much easily without any prohibitions. That would have been the definition. But even then, when push comes to shove, and this is something I talk about a lot, not just now during this period, of this age of, of the corona, about the issue of true security. Is that enough? Because we know people who are very successful and have all the above, have good businesses and have a good income and have a family and have a home and have many homes. Many have other luxuries, and yet they don't feel secure. They're, not, they're insecure people. They're constantly, in a way, questioning themselves. They're, they do not feel safe. Very often people create all kinds of, what should I say, masks or armor or defense mechanisms to make it look like they're safe, look like they're powerful, but they can be just a very frightened child. Someone grew up in a home where it was a very insecure home, a home that did not provide the foundations, the nurturing foundations that make us feel valuable, make us feel important, make us feel dignified. doesn't matter how much that person will do in their lives. There will always remain that inner void. And we've always known that. However, we're able to mask it. We're able to cover it up. We're able to distract ourselves. And then the day after, I've heard how many people have told me, my success is really my ambitions are a way of covering up some of my own insecurities. And when I'm successful there, it more or less makes me feel it's like a bomb. It soothes me. Does it really solve my issues? No, but at least I feel safe to some extent. Today, that has been stripped away from us. What I mean by that is that doesn't mean there are people who are extremely wealthy. So they have their exit strategies, but their health and their insecurity and their fragility, they're as vulnerable as everyone is. This disease, this virus does not discriminate from the, and, and does not uh, avoid the wealthy just because you have success in your material life does not mean the virus cannot attack. God forbid again. And above all, it's take all our systems that we relied upon, we realize one second, how secure is all of that? So my focus here is to help us all build upon a deeper security that you may have or may have not focused on, not focused on enough. And now is the opportunity, not only the opportunity, where we must do it. Because without it, God forbid, we can fall. We can become demoralized, we can become depressed especially as the quarantine continues, the isolation, and just the break of the habit, suddenly cold turkey, everything you relied on, oh, the restaurants you went out to, the shows you went to, visiting friends, or playing hiking or other travel plans, all of that was so much part of the fabric of our security blanket, and now it's, in the, it's up there in limbo. We don't know what's going to happen with that and when the world will turn. So now it's not just an option. Now we must build that inner security. The good news, my friends, is you have everything you need inside you right now. And it begins with your soul. Yes, your soul. If we were pure mechanical machines, so the environment 
is hostile to that machine, that machine will ultimately perish. Think of a computer suddenly exposed to extreme heat or submerged underwater. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing inside the computer that can compensate and build security because the computer, the machine, is built on certain rules and if the right, wrong environment, it's over with. Essentially, a virus can kill it. No pun intended. But we are human beings, and we have a lot more, many more resources than just our machine. If it was just our body, yes, then health, a virus can attack the body, but we also have an immune system that fights the, the virus. And in most cases, it will, it will prevail. Unfortunately, in some cases, it may not be that easy, not simple. Some already have fallen as a result, especially the elderly, the ones with, pre, with, with pre, pre-existing conditions, sensitivity, especially in the respiratory area, and so on. But besides the fact that we have an immune system, which a computer does not have, a computer at some point, once it falls into water, it's basically over with. I'm just using it as an example. It could be any appliance. You get the idea. But we have more dimensions than just our physical body. So the immune system is also part of the physical body, I should say, but it's another dimension. And how many layers of dimensions? You know, you, God forbid, you never test, you don't know until it's tested. But there's more to that. We also have an attitude. We have our mindset, our heart set, our state of mind, which is equally important. In any given situation, especially today, medicine recognizes the power of the mind and its power to help in the healing process. Because if your attitude, if you get depressed and resigned and demoralized, in a certain way your fight stops. And it affects directly the chemicals in your body. Yes, it does. It affects your chemicals. It affects your being. So there's that part. And then there's the soul itself. The spirit of the human being. Something that many of us have not paid a lot of attention to. And if you have, excellent then you have what to work with. As I pointed out many times, when a storm strikes, which trees remain standing stronger than ones that were strong beforehand? You can't start bolstering and reinforcing a tree that's weak, middle of the storm. But again, the good news is, even if you have not worked on it, we can work on it now. In a way, quarantine allows us the opportunity. Because if we were going back to work and everything was business as usual, though there's a virus out there, then you wouldn't have the time. Now we have the time. I can't tell you how many emails, how many responses I've gotten from people who said, in years I haven't listened to your program, some have never heard it before. There's an opportunity, I have an opportunity. And it's very soothing, it's very calming, and I appreciate those words, because this is the purpose of why I'm doing this, especially in this time of crisis. So let's talk about that inner resource that is right there available to you. You don't need to buy it in a store, you don't need to order it. It's not a medical supply. It's ticking inside of you just like your heart is ticking inside of you. It's called your soul. And don't be afraid. This isn't a religious sermon. This is about understanding the human being. So let's use a few examples just to make the soul a little more palpable. Since it's an abstract for many, and for all of us, it's not something you can see and touch and hear and smell. So what is the soul? Which is interesting because I actually have that symptom. No smell and, and taste for a little while. But a soul is not subject to the senses. I remember 
a marshal who came to one of my classes, came to my classes years ago. She was legally blind. And I introduced her to the class to ask her to say a few words. And she said something which really was moving. She said, besides the, what, the joke, she said, you know, that I don't have the problem of um, reading in the dark, not being able to read without the light on. She said something else. I'm not distracted by the material world. All I see is spirit. She's not distracted by the material world. Now, obviously, we're not envy her, her situation. And miraculously, she actually regained her eyesight later. But I've told the story a number of times. She's not distracted by the material world. I said to myself, wow. And explain to me why we cover our eyes when we say the Shema, that famous prayer. In a way, it's not to be distracted by the material world, which our vision, our sight, can so be seduced by. That doesn't mean we shouldn't have sight, God forbid, but we should be able to use our eyes not to allow us to be distracted. Use your eyes to see things and see what is beneath the surface or behind the scenes. Point being, that within us, we have something that is not defined by the senses. If you close your eyes and, and your ears and taste, touch, and smell, you wouldn't disappear. Your spirit, your soul would emerge. It's a force within us that not only biologically gives us life, but it's also a force that gives us identity and personality. They're not that tangible. What makes your personality unique? I know we've been shaped by many factors, education, our parents, society, the media, and so on. But still, you were born with a spirit, with a soul. But because the material world and its nature is such that it demands so much of us, it demands it's hungry, it's thirsty, it's tired, it sometimes gets ill, it needs entertainment, it needs uh, stimulation. And that becomes our predominant place that we turn to, to deal with our body's needs. And when I say body needs, I don't just mean bodily needs, I mean materialism. Everything that is tangible and concrete and experienced by the senses. It's interesting, children naturally are spiritual entities. Look how they play around. Look how their imagination works. Look how their creativity. They're not yet defined by the institutions and the conventions that we impose upon them. So they're natural. What's natural child? An explorer. Even when the child's lying in a crib and can't move, its eyes are moving. Its arms and legs are kicking. It's exploring. It's learning. Child begins to move. It goes everywhere. Child begins to ask questions. There's that innocence. There's that purity. It's so beautiful to see. And we all have that within us, even as adults. But then we've learned to maneuver. We've learned to build our structures. For good or for bad. And I'm not just saying there aren't benefits, of course. That's what we need to do. A child, you can't expect a child to build a home. To build a business. To create that security in the material world. But the security in the spiritual world of the child isn't completely intact. You just let the child grow like a tree in a garden. Water, nurture it. Don't hurt it. Weed, take out the weeds. Uproot the weeds, and you'll see what, what a healthy spirit is like. Unfortunately, parents, adults, the adult world, shapes that child. And in some ways, conceals and even impedes the child's ability to just naturally spread its wings in a confident and secure way. But every child is a natural, secure entity until you strip it from them, God forbid, until you steal it from them. Even today, I tell many parents who say, what shall I do? 
You know, we're afraid. And our children are picking it up. I said, your children have to see courage inside of you. Even if you have to fake it. And you shouldn't fake it. Look, dig deeper inside of you. As we discussed a number of times. Be prudent. And follow health authorities and all the guidelines. But the spirit, the courage, the value system, what we believe in. And above all, how we serve. The more you're busy serving others, the less we will be impacted by this so-called quarantining, sequestering, isolation. Well, we'll get back to that shortly. But let's go back to this. So there's a natural secure place. Unfortunately, parents and environments can abort that in a, person, in a child's growth. But leave, leave everything alone. It would be like a plant in a garden, watered, nurtured, protected, and it will grow beautifully. You don't have to worry about it. You're not making it grow. You're just making sure that it has all its needs to grow. And you're avoiding and, 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 and preventing and protecting it, which is exactly what Adam and Eve were told in the Garden of Eden. Serve and protect. Serve means serve the garden. Serve this world. Make sure it's nurtured. It's watered. It's nourished. And protect. Make sure the weeds uproot the weeds, uproot all kinds of activity and actions that can be destructive or damaging. That's true security. But we have become over-reliant on the material world. Let's not kid ourselves. Especially the more comfortable life has become. The higher the standard of living. The blessings have become something we, we took for granted. And as such, when it's stripped from us, or our routines are, up, are suddenly upended, our routines are suddenly aborted, destabilized, we suddenly, the, the, that carpet, that security blanket, that, those comfort zones are not there. That's why it's so critical to go back to that place. Now, those of us that fortified and built that part of ourselves will have it a little easier. But again, every one of us can do it, and now is the time. And you begin by identifying that inner self that you are. You know a lot about your body. You know your body, its needs, food, drink, shelter, clothing, everything else I mentioned before, even companionship. But what about your soul, your spirit? So begin from the morning, throw the day. Today we're home. This is conversation. To what we should have with our spouses, with our children, with our family. We should have it online, everywhere. We should all be talking. What's, what is your inner life like? What do I stand for? What am I ready to fight for? What, I be- what do I believe in? What is my mission in this world? Right there you have four questions I just posed. All soul-oriented questions. What is your mission? What are you ready to fight for? What are your values? How are you going to make a mark in this world? Your love, your courage. This is the time. These are always essential. But now they're absolutely essential for even survival. So to answer the question, do you feel secure? I would answer, yes, I don't feel secure if what I've depended on and was reliant on is now not there available for me. What can we rely on and what defines true safety? It's the things that can be taken from you. It's the things that are unwavering. The things that are not subject to the, to the rules that govern nature. Which means things that are temporary and impermanent. So let's identify the permanent elements of who you are. Number one, you're alive. Number two, you're alive with a purpose. You were put here. You didn't fall in by accident. 
Right there you have their permanent elements. How long God wants you to be in this world, that's not up to us. But you're here now. As long as you're here, and God will bless you, and bless all of us to be here for a long time, means you're needed. Right there you have spiritual elements. What do you need it for? Ask yourself that question. What can I contribute? Where are my unique skills? What is my deeper meaning in life? Purpose. Now, up till now, you could have said my job, my income, but those have really always been means. I always point out, someone says to you, so who are you? They give you their business card. No. Your business card is what you do or what you did. Who you are can be someone completely different. So now's the time to ask, who are you? Time to ask to your children. Ask your families. That's where that security is going to come from. Because you're going to discover, one minute, even, if without, even without a job, even without knowing tomorrow's plans, even without all the entertainment and everything else that I had worked out in my life, I am an intact human being. I have a soul. I have a heart and mind. I have faculties. I have a purpose. A purpose. And I'm ready to fight for it. I have a value system. You have to answer those questions now. When you answer them, that will be your security. And you'll recognize it's a very different type of security than the other sort. Material security is for the moment. It could even be an illusion, but it's for the moment. It's short term. Because its very nature is fraught with change. How could you be secure when something's constantly changing? The fact that it didn't change for a while and everything seemed like everything was going gung-ho and everything was great, that doesn't mean it didn't change, doesn't change. Subject to change just means it happened to, that technically we were lucky. But now when it has shifted, so what are you left with? If that was your entire compass, if that was your driving raison d'etre, then when that shifts, your very purpose shifts. But your purpose is not defined by what you did. It's defined by who you are. And who you are has a personality and a unique personality. You have unique skills. So take out a piece of paper and I'll give you a few lists. Start writing. Number one, identify what your personality is like. What do you, who do you think you are? And that can be your personality type, cerebral, emotional, creative, very factual, not not so creative, but much more number-oriented, meaning technical-based, technical-based. You're good with your all kinds of different things. You're good. Your hands are good. You're you're, you're artistic. Or the other way around, you're very business-like. The next thing, identify things you believe in, the values you have. The values you have. What do you believe in? Like, what kind of Value would you say you really cherish, whether it's in yourself or in others? Start identifying that. Identify the cause that you would fight for. What is something you really believe in that you would fight for? Here you have right there columns. What do you love in this world? Now here, this is going to be a tricky one, because some of us will say, I love, the same thing what I'll fight for, maybe very trivial things, superficial things. But as you'll see today, you're going to have to find a deeper answer. What do you love? What do you really love? What are you passionate about? This is just a good beginning. What does all this do? This starts exercising. It starts 
activating and generating energy in a part of yourself called your soul. Just like you have many muscles that may have atrophy, or you have other parts of your body that may have not been used in a while, so it's somewhat a little either limp or rusty, you need to begin to get it going. Same thing, stimulation for the soul. You need to begin to ask soulful type of questions. Why am I here? What mark will I make? What would I like to teach my children? If you had to give them five important life lessons, what would you like to teach them? And today you'll see people are not answering materialistic answers. They all come down to something a little more idealistic, a little more transcendent. And the more you can introduce that, the more your soul will come alive. Because the soul is exactly like a flower. You pour water, it blo- it, its petals will open. Like a child. A child, besides it, it doesn't need trips or toys or, tri- or games and so on. Give a child attention. Smile to a child. Show the child that you matter. I value you. I value what you do. And the child blossoms. A child opens up. It expands. That's what love does. And this is the opportunity to love in that fashion. The ones that are close to us, the ones that we've taken for granted, perhaps. And this creates true security. It's amazing. It's amazing because I think all of us can understand it today. I can tell you, it's always been a challenge to explain this to people who feel everything is going well. They would tell me, I have a job, I have a beautiful spouse. We have a family, we have our plans, I can do whatever I like, I have the money for it. Today, no one is saying that. Not that they don't have all those items, but but their approach to it is very different. Today, the approach is, I need more than that. And as I said, the good news is, it's right there waiting for you to express it, waiting for you to, waiting to be released. And you do it by conscientiousness. Comes to the body, you may need to run or walk or lift weights or something like that to exercise and to condition your muscles. When it comes to the soul, you also need work and exercise, and it could even be harder work, but it's not physical exertion. It's focus. The things that we become used to, the routines and our comforts, often are our enemies. Because they don't let us introduce another dimension. Now we're forced to introduce another dimension. Because what are you doing with the time that you're not commuting? With the time that you spend at work, which not necessarily working. So besides the physical time, we also have opportunities now. And the opportunities are to nurture and nourish your soul. So to take it a step further, take it a step further. I mentioned before that, it, that every child, means every one of us, would have naturally been a secure, confident adult unless somebody takes that away from you. You need to have an either unhealthy or dysfunctional parent or adult that undermines you. They project. Either they use you for their own needs or they project their disappointments and anger and fear and resentment to the point that you begin to Pick it up. You begin to assume that would they project on you. By the time you're old enough to think about it, it's not too late. But a lot has been imprinted on you, embedded in you. What the tragedy of that is, that's not the real you. 
Those attitudes are fine. People can share their experiences in life. That's not the issue. But if it shaped you into someone who you would not have been, that's where the problem is. So how do you regain that equilibrium? By getting to know your soul. And how do you get to know your soul? By studying about it. One of the central themes in many of the programs and classes that I do at Meaningful Life Center is to get to know your soul, to get to know your inner self. Some of you may be familiar with my book, my little book on the Omer, Spiritual Guide to Counting the Omer. It's essentially a workbook and a journey that goes through the seven emotional attributes and faculties each of us have which in turn break down into seven, and hence 49. Check it out. You can go online. It actually goes and identifies the seven different aspects that define our emotional lives. Love, chesed. Discipline. It's the counter to love. Gvura. Compassion. Teferis. Netzach, endurance or ambition, determination. Hod is humility, yielding. Number six is Yisad, which means to bond. It's foundational, it's bonding, to bond with something. And finally, dignity, sovereignty, kingship, malchus. These seven encompass every emotional, which means every relationship we have. In every relationship, you need these seven. And when they're all healthy, you have a healthy relationship. When they're not, you will have an unhealthy relationship. Now, a person could have a lot of love. But they don't know when to stop. They don't know where the boundaries are. There's no space for the other. That would be chesed. is strong, but the gvura is weaker. These are, these are just an example. Some people are very determined and ambitious. Their netzach is very strong. Let's say an 8 out of a 10. But their yielding, their flexibility is weak. Let's say 3 out of 10. So when you go through all of this, and especially through the breakdown, of the love within love and the discipline within love and the compassion within love and the determination within love, etc., you will come away with a real x-ray of your emotional psyche, which is exactly what we're talking about, getting to know yourself. Most of us don't think about it. We react. Something happens. If you're the loving type, you'll be loving. If you're less loving, you'll be more disciplined, more discipline, more discretion. But when you focus on it and think about it, everything changes. Now we have the time to do so. Because it's a journey within which we should be doing right now. And the more you get to know it, you start saying, one second, hey, interesting. Every time something happens, my, re- my love reacts a certain way. And sometimes it's without boundaries. Or the other way around. As you become aware and cognizant of your own reactions, what happens? You're becoming connected with your soul. You are understanding yourself. So instead of just reacting, knee-jerk reaction that's impulsive, whether you think about it or not, now you're thinking about it. Which can only serve you well, because then you can refine and say, one second, maybe this needs work. Maybe the love needs to be checked. Maybe the discipline needs to be checked. Maybe the determination, the flexibility. This is what I mean to get to know your soul. And this is the time to do so. And what comes out of that is, Security. Because that is not affected by Wall Street and it's not affected by federal regulations, not affected by health authorities, not affected by the rules and guidelines that are being told to us. 
you're in complete control of what your inner life is like. We still need to be healthy. We need to be prudent. We need to be practical, as I mentioned. But you're developing and building a whole new array, a whole new tool chest of resources, an arsenal of spiritual, psychological, emotional resources. And that gives you tremendous security. Because you can begin to rely on it. You can even rely on that you're going to react in a negative way because you you get to know yourself and then you do something to correct it. Like some of us will always have a knee-jerk reaction to something, a certain emotional reaction. The more you can identify it, then you can even smile. And when you begin to develop that, you begin to take control of your life in ways that are very difficult to describe until it happens. This is, my friends, where we're at right now. We, were, we had our routines and we had our patterns and we had our plans. That has been upended. So you're either left with nothing and say, okay, I can't wait till this is over and just go back to that. Or you can do something much healthier. You can say, let me go inward now. Even now, even the way we react to what's happening, the news. Every moment, another news, another tragedy and so on can create tremendous fear, tremendous panic. People being frightened, literally frightened. However, when you take control, then it becomes something from within. How am I reacting? Why am I reacting? Now, it's always healthy to have someone to speak to, a friend, a mentor, because they can help you process. Because when we get caught in the throes of emotional impulses, not that easy. And this is just the beginning. These are the emotions. I haven't even spoken about the cognitive faculties that you have, your mind the power of your mind to intervene. Now, the mind can't always control strong emotional reactions, especially when we're in a state of upheaval and panic and crisis and and unknowns and uncertainties. But the mind still can play a tremendous role because it can help check things. It could help balance. It could help measure, season. And above all, the cognitive life raft. The mind can let you travel even your imagination and dream to places that are far more calm and soothing, which in turn can help you with your composure, with your attitude, with your emotional reactions. I actually began, just a few days ago, a daily three-minute video called Your Daily Spiritual Antidote, which is available on all our platforms. You can get it at WhatsApp by subscribing on YouTube, just go to MeaningfulLife.com and you'll find right there all the links. You can get it via podcast on your favorite platform, Instagram and Facebook. It's available. Getting excellent reaction and specifically developed now. This is a new material because I felt with every day we hear news that's not so positive and negative and so on that can overwhelm us, to have an antidote, to have like a dose Think of it like a vaccine, an and antibody, an antiviral vaccine, spiritually and psychologically, that can boost our psychological and emotional immunity. Check it out. Obviously, it's complemented by the things we're speaking about here, but there's an, a daily thing with an exercise, three minutes, not more, short and sweet. Share it with others. It's one of the things we've been doing among the different special programs and empowering resources during this Corona challenge. So getting back to security, 
security is the challenges of our time compel us not to question whether we're secure or not. They, they compel us to ask a better question. What can we do to find new resources that have been always there but we haven't accessed? That's our challenge now. Many people feel, and I've heard this from so many have told me, I just don't feel secure. I feel out of control. So I share one second. You feel out of control because you're looking at it the wrong way. If you're purely looking at what you had yesterday or two weeks or two days ago or three weeks ago or three months ago, yeah. But a good, a good traveler navigates. What do you mean navigates? It means now we're in a different situation. A good swimmer adjusts to the circumstances. If you're in new circumstances, you suddenly come into unknown waters and there's a storm out there. And worse. So you could say, one second, I feel out of control. Based on the terms you had till now. But now, but if you're a good swimmer, what you do is you have to adjust. You say, I can't adjust. The only thing I knew was the waters that I swam yesterday. So here goes back to what I said. So if you have some spiritual resources, you're going to need to open those closets now. If you haven't yet. And if you feel you don't, it's there readily available to you. And that's exactly why I'm giving this talk. To help you find it. Ask yourself these questions. Don't underestimate what I'm suggesting here. Ask yourself the questions. To find the permanent things in your life. I'm here. That's a permanent. That's a given. I was put here for a purpose. That's a given. I have to find that purpose. I have people I love. That's a given. I have family. I have a value system. I have standards. And ask yourself, what mark would you like to live? Yes, a few weeks ago, most of us would say, I like to make money, be happy, have a good family, and that would be enough, entertain myself. Now, we're forced and compelled to, a- to answer much deeper answer. When I say deeper, I don't mean deeper, intellectually deeper. I meant from a deeper place in your heart and soul. I'm going to push you. What are you ready to fight for? I don't want to say to die for. But the concept is, what are you ready to fight for? What do you really believe in? And some will say, I haven't thought about that question in 30 years. I didn't have to ask that question. In time of war, you have to fight for your values. What do you believe in? Things have been going so well, I don't have to ever ask that question. Well, now is the time to ask that question. And it's not as difficult as you think. When you start start finding those answers, and even asking the question is already refreshing. Your soul gets refreshed just by asking, because you know what you're doing? You're paying attention to it after years of neglect. It's like a child who's been ignored. Someone just told me, I never had time with my, for my children. Now I'm having time. I can't believe who they're, who they're, what they're like. Getting to know who they are. And I see how they respond. They're like responding with such... It's like when you water a flower. It... It's, it, 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 uh, what's the word I want to say? It drinks it in. It not just drinks it in. It absorbs it. It's like desperate almost. In a good way. Sucks it in. That's what I wanted to say. If you see something that's parched, you drive water on an arid, parched piece of land, what happens? It gets right sucked in because the earth has been so dry. This is what someone described to me. So we have such opportunities. And things will emerge that you'd be surprised. Things will emerge from who you are and what your identity is like. 
things will emerge that, that may have, yes, not been seen for a while. New powers, new strengths. That's what challenge does. Like they say, the Talmud says, you squeeze an olive, you press the olive, that's when the oil, the best oil comes out. That's what pressure does. We should only have good pressure. But that's what pressure has the capacity to do. And this pressure is not pressure at work, not pressure by your employer or employee, not pressure for competition. It's a pressure from discovering that inner self. And that's where safety, my friends, that's the domain where safety resides. That's where security resides. That's where we find the true things we can rely on and depend on that never go away because they're permanent foundations and they're inside of you. As I go back again to the machine analogy, a machine doesn't have that luxury, doesn't have that option. A machine is very limited, built by humans under certain conditions, put it into extreme heat, extreme cold, water, wet, and so on, and you can destroy it. Doesn't have where to, doesn't have other resources. Humans do. Not only do we have an immune system, but we have spiritual resources and psychological, emotional ones, much deeper than we could ever imagine. And when you access it, you're accessing true security. You know why a home provides security? We say a home is, I feel secure, I have a home. I have a roof over my head. You know what the deeper reason for that is? Because the human being the dignity of the human soul requires having a place you can call your own. The hostile world with other people, survival of the fittest, there's competition, there's exploitation, and all the selfishness that can affect us. When you come home, the way a healthy home should be, you walk into the home, you've walked into your own domain. You don't have to have your masks up, your armor, your defense mechanisms to protect yourself. You can kick off your shoes, I'm at home. And the mystics explain, especially the Hasidic masters, that this is a microcosm of the divine, God himself, who wants to have a home in this world, desires to have a home, a place he's comfortable. Now, spirit is not comfortable in the material world because materialism, by definition, is very egocentric, self-interest. Spirit is transcendent. The divine, which is even beyond spirit, wants in this material, hostile world where people are focused more on their own needs to create a sublime spiritual environment called a divine abode, a divine home. And exactly that, that God can be himself or itself without masks, without concealments, without maneuvering. That's why a home provides security. Not because you you have a roof over your head so it protects you from the elements the weather and rain and snow and other things, or wild animals, or dangerous forces, or epidemics. That's much deeper than that is because a human being, by definition, has a soul that needs nurturing, it needs a nest, it needs a hearth, an environment where it can just be itself. That's what a healthy home is about. That's what a healthy family is about. Just as an example of how we look at security. So many people say, I have a home, I have 10 homes. But you know, I don't feel at home anywhere. I remember meeting someone who lived in a mansion. She grew up in a a multi-billionaire father. As many rooms, but it was a gilded cage. There was no love in this house. I never felt love. I can go anywhere, I can do whatever I want. I had every option. A loving home, a nurturing home. 
That's what we have the opportunity to do. And quarantining actually forces us to do it. Because you can either go home and just be angry and resentful and frustrated, or you can go and say, let me build it into the nurturing environment for my soul, my spouse's soul, my children's souls, and for everyone that will ever walk into this home when the time will come. This is, my friends, how you build true security. And everything is that same way. Let's take money. People say, money provides me securities. Money is only as secure as when you use it for good things. You can have money and it can turn a person into the most selfish human being. Like the example they give, smear silver on a piece of glass, transparent glass, you know what happens? All you see is yourself. But money, the redeeming element, is when you build something with your money. When you help others. Things that you believe in, your values. Then your money becomes truly secure. Without that, the money is right now. You feel it creates the illusion of power. Sir Moses Montefiore was asked by Queen Victoria of England. He was a great philanthropist, a wealthy man. Built a big part of Jerusalem, built Montefiore hospitals. He was a great man. She asked him, Sir Moses, how much are you worth? What's your net value? So he said, he said, I have to get back to you. He did his calculations, comes back and tells Queen Victoria a number. And she looks at him. You mock me, Sir Moses. I personally know you're worth 100 times the number you just gave me. He says, no, your majesty, I told you the truth. You're counting the money you think I have in the bank and my holdings and wherever they may be and my investments and my businesses. That money is right now my possession, but I don't own it. In a moment, it can be confiscated from me in war. You can take it. It can be lost in a plague or an epidemic. Bad investments, mistakes. It comes and goes. I gave you the true number. The true number that I own is the number that I gave away, the amount of charity I gave, the institutions I built, the people I've helped, the organizations that I helped. Those things are permanent because once I've given it, it remains there forever. That can never be confiscated. Look at the insight of a person. What he gave is what he owns. What he has, what he's taken, is not his. It's only temporary. That's what this period in time, this age of corona, should be teaching us. To teach us that what? Where our true security is derived from, where it comes from. It's always matters of spirit. It's always things you give, not what you take. What you've, how you serve. Not how much you get entertained. You see today, the people who are committed to serving, which means making phone calls and helping someone, volunteering, doing things online that help others, their own families. Besides, besides the fact that it keeps you busy, but much more important than that, it enriches you. And you're not even thinking about Oh, I'm isolated. Take away all those things that you serve and just start counting everything you've gathered and everything you've acquired. How long will that sugar high last? You become frustrated. You become irritated. What am I doing? No stimulation. How many Netflix movies can I watch? How many video games can I play? So we see this in glaring terms right now, how the giving, which is the nature of the soul, it's a giver. You know why? Because it's secure. Only secure entities give. Why does someone want to take, 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 and they hoard? Because they're not secure as much as you have. I need more. Who knows, who knows what will happen? That's not the languages of a secure person. A secure person, obviously with respons- in a responsible way, 
I share. I have something I share because I don't become less when I give. I become more. The one who feels he has to hold on to whatever it is, whether it's money or possessions or objects or, or concepts, is the insecure one because they don't feel secure just being. They need all these crutches. The giver. Value comes from within. Security comes from within. Safety comes from within. This, my friends, is what we need to be thinking about and acting on in these days. God bless you all. Stay well and healthy in all possible ways, physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Be loving. Be strong. Serve. Let the best of you emerge, the best of your soul. You'd be surprised the type of security you will build that will be infatigable, impossible to conquer. We will vanquish every form of fear, every uncertainty. The things we cannot control, we cannot control. We have to be prudent, listen to authorities. But you can completely control what's inside of you, and that gives you the ultimate security, your attitude, your mindset, your heart set. In this special time, we're creating unique and and, uh, empowering resources to address the, the, the challenges of our times, please check it out at MeaningfulLife.com. There's a special section, MeaningfulLife.com slash Corona. But really, all our materials are geared for this change, upheaval, where we at, what we can do. And we'll be doing many more programs, as I mentioned before, your daily spiritual antidote. Subscribe to that. Share that with others. Really, really empowering. Empowering for me, as I have done it on a daily basis. And hopefully together, we will be stronger together. Our synergy will overcome any challenge. We'll get through this time and be, create a new normal. Yes, a new normal. A normal that is more benevolent, more kind, more gentle, more soulful. A true revolution to demonstrate that the coronavirus not only did it not conquer us, we conquered it, and it taught us to become greater, more powerful, and stronger souls. Everyone be well. And please check out all our resources, our materials. We're here. This program is broadcast every Wednesday, but then archived. You can download it as podcasts and every form of platform that possible out there. And if you check out, we also have a special calendar of Corona events, related events connected to this time period, which is uh, be on Instagram this week. We're doing something on Tuesday on Facebook, as well as other uh, Zoom and other platforms, different types of programs for different age groups, for different audiences. Everyone be well and be blessed. Thank you. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.